Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. And brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by Gokongwei Group and Ayala Corporation, the companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific, Robinsons, Ayala Malls, and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. So anyway, the idea we had was, okay, a lot of people don't have a bank account and they can live without a bank account, but people cannot live without a job, right? So people need employment, have employment, and is there a way to use that information and leverage that information to get access to financial services? Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, 
but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Share Podcast. I'm so excited because I'm back in the studio again with a really poggy guest today. There you go. Very happy to have you because again, I was in the Idea Space Demo Day 2023. So shout out Katchan. Just seeing who are the top 10 startups. 10, right? Was it 10? 10 startups that were in the Idea Space Accelerator. And what's unique because it's no longer the typical nationwide competition this time they took on startups with traction that are ready to scale and again this is one of those top ones that i thought were ready to be hustle shared so without further ado let's welcome to the show mr jan pavilion of smile api whoop whoop Welcome to the show, Jan. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Ron, for having me. All right. Really thank excited. you so much. And again, apologies. I think it's one of your teammates. Her name is Bianca Ulan. She's been get, trying to get you on the show for the longest time. I think she's pissed at me. If there's one thing in 2022 that she hated the most, it's probably one of me. I'm sorry, Bianca. It's just I got too busy. We never got to find the, the time. But now, you know, it finally happened. So I'm glad to have you on the show. So, Jan... Real quick, how's it been the past couple of weeks before we even get to the million dollar question? It's been great. It's been very busy. So we've been very busy the past couple of months. So we just ended Idea Space. We were part of cohort 10. We had also a demo day with Impact 23. So shout out to the Impact. What is 10. Impact 23? I've never heard. So this is um, the accelerator for SaaS startups. Oh, okay. Organized with Sprout and Kaya Founders. Oh, so wow. So shout out to those guys. Shout out Patrick Gentry yes. and my man. Paolo Campos. Yes. And there's again, Miss Lisa, of course. Oh, Miss Lisa, don't get mad at me. All right, there you go. So again, big fans of what you guys do. But before we get carried away, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Jen, what's your hustle? So I'm the COO and one of the co-founders of Smile API. So at Smile, what we're essentially doing is we're helping people get access to better opportunities by just using their their data, specifically their employment and income data. And so we use that information and we get that with the person's consent and we use that information so that a person can get access to things like a loan or get a better job and think anywhere you need proof of employment or proof of income. So we kind of digitalize that process and make it easier. That's amazing. And again, what I love about what you guys do is you're you're very straightforward over what the product is. It's an API, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> It's not like what is that? You don't give me a random name It's like the fuck is that, right? <laughs> it's right. Smile API. It's very straightforward. It makes you smile, I guess. That's yes, what it is. So that is dentists the goal. love you. They're yes. just kidding. <laughs> But it, it's really, it's really very straightforward, and 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 yes, it's straight to the point when it comes to solving a real problem. But before I get carried away, John, I need you to buckle up. Oh, no. Okay, real quick, because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine. Oh, ah, wait. A little bumpy with some turbulence, turbulence. All right, again. So we're go, we're now all the way back, and I'm not gonna carbon date you, but I kind of will. And I'm looking at your LinkedIn. It's a very long scroll, which is great. <laughs> Shows <laughs> We, you how old I am. Right there, you go. Kang the Conqueror is happy somewhere. There you go. Just, I want to understand because you've been an IT OG ever yeah. since. But before we even talk about IT, I'll go a few steps back first. I said, looks like you didn't really do IT. I look at your educational background, and you were BA and accounting. Yes. I want to understand two things. 
how was the process growing up? And describe to me your origin story, your family background, and I guess your early inspirations of hustle all the way through college. And why did you take up BA in accounting? Sure. So it, it's kind of a weird story, I guess, very different from that of my peers. So when I decided to go into UP, so I looked for what people said. Ano pang magandang course sa UP? So and then so people were saying either go to medicine, take the intermed, the intermed yung like accelerated program to graduate from medicine early, and then and then accounting was one recommendation. Of course, engineering. Anyway, long story short, accounting. Pumasa naman ako. Pumasa ako sa UP and I got into accounting and. Uh, so my parents were telling me, oh, accounting, that's a good course. It's stable. You, you graduate from accounting. You can get easy. You know, it's an easy pathway into corporate. So that's that's been good. So one of the things that I quickly realized when I got into college and got into accounting that I hated it. What? <laughs> so I didn't like I didn't like my course, pala. So okay. why? So I number one, I was very poor at math. Okay. Although accounting, arguably. Well, you pass. How the hell are you poor at math? <laughs> and you pass in UP. That doesn't make sense. Because I never tried UP because I knew what was going to happen. I saved myself from the hassle of trying to go OPCAT. I right. stayed where I was in the lane. I was high school in UST. It was an easier path if you stayed home. So I just stayed home. Right. But how will you say you're poor at it and you don't <laughs> like it if you pass? That doesn't make sense to me. So no high school, that was one of my weakest subjects, math. I wasn't really good at I, you're I mean, weak at it, pa, ha, and yeah, you got it. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I, I have to thank my uh, uh, my mom. She, she's ano kasi, She's a physics uh, teacher. So okay, maybe I got some of that. Uh, you know, it's in the genes. It's in the genes, maybe. Okay. So I have to thank my mom and my math. My dad is a math graduate, math major. So it's really in the genes. Okay. Yeah, but but I, I hated math. I wasn't good at it. I quickly realized I didn't like accounting then, pala. Okay. <laughs> and then, but with around that time, so this was like late 90s the internet was just starting and so I really got excited about the internet and one of the things uh, you know about my dad was he worked for government he worked for NEDA National Economic Development Authority and one of the one of the perks for working for government and specifically for NEDA was he and a couple of other government officials got early access through the DOST or through something got early access to the internet so we had mm, we had we were one of nice. the few to get internet at home Wow. So this is like how it's like ISP Bonanza or pre ISP Bonanza? Pre ISP Bonanza. Like this is like my government network. Academic government. Amazing you know, and thing. creepy at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but how was the internet back then? Describe to me what was it like and what were you doing? So really slow. Like this was like uh, you know, you you have to hook it up to your phone, it was, it'll make this weird whistling sound. Right, and, right, the modem sound. And it predates the web. So I got Shit. access to the internet before the, and this is how old I am, right? Before the web. So it was like all text-based, you know, it was like, I forgot the name, it was like the well, or I forgot the, it was like a telnet interface. You had to type commands in. And it looks and like it a like DOS interface. Yes, yes. Okay, wow. So you would go to news groups and then you would find the topic you like. And, and that was where... Yung mga flame wars, that term, if you've heard of the term flame wars, they, they would flame each other in these Usenet groups. So, so I got exposed to that very early in college. The closest interface that I got hooked on a lot is MIRC. Ah, yeah, there you go. So, so MIRC, it's similar. Yeah, kind of that, right. similar around that era. So almost. if you're a Gen Z year, I, we're ancient here, so fucking <laughs> look at MIRC right now. He was like, oh, who are these three lolos yes, uh, about correct. MIRC? But basically, it's our messenger. It's our telegram. Yes. It's our yes. 
Discord. Yes. Back when we were young. Correct. correct and you correct. were a student. You were yes. trying to technically escape math. Yeah, <laughs> my accounting <laughs> subjects, which, uh, okay. you know, I, I mean, uh, no disrespect. It was great. But, you know, what just wasn't for me. So in the evenings, I would dial into the internet. And then eventually, what the great thing was, eventually the web arrived. Mm. So downloaded the Mosaic browser. Nice. So this was like one of the f- the first browser. Not even IE. Not even IE. Not even Netscape. Wow. So I had uh, <laughs> downloaded Mosaic, and then I got hooked. This is like, it's kind of like AI nowadays. Parang this is like you know it's immediately. Like Web three. It's correct. Immediately you would realize that this is transformative. This is great. I wanna do this, and I taught myself during the evenings to to create web pages. Here's my million dollar question. Another one. Trillion dollar question. Because right now, it's so much easier to freaking Google something and learn if you're just really deliberate about it. Yep. I mean, there's so much information out there. There's just a lack of people who are, I'd say, curious enough to go deep into something and be an expert at it. There's a lot of surface level TikTok people that understand, oh, I understand economics based on what a 20 second video gave me. Yeah. But it's it's hard to find someone who really deeply understands a vertical. Yeah. Now, but back then when there wasn't a dearth of information and you're trying to self-learn or self-taught, how the hell did you do that? Well, there was nothing. You had you really had to be resourceful. Okay. So back then, so when the web started, everything was kind of like quote unquote open source. Like you could visit the web page. And then go to your Mosaic browser, or it was an, uh, later on Netscape browser, and you can go view source. And oh. so you can see how the web page was done. The skeleton, everything the skeleton, is there. Yeah, everything's there, the content, how the structure. So for wow. example, if I saw a web page that had blinking text, okay. and I thought, oh, that's cool. How do you make that text blink? So I would right. go to view source, find out that specific text, and look at the tags yeah. that made that text blink. And so that's how I taught myself. So I would kind of deconstruct how these early, early, early web pages were done. That's amazing. And then at the time, there was a service called, two services, GeoCities and Tripod Pages. Right. I still got to use GeoCities there in you my go. <laughs> <laughs> So and then So it's free. They would host your web page for free. Yep. I set up my own web page in Tripod. And then at the, around that time, this is like late 90s, there was the first ever Philippine internet conference or something like that. I forgot the organizers. Anyway, I think it was the Media Gateway guys or something like that. Okay. PC World Magazine or something like that. Yeah. Could be wrong, but and then there was a competition. So you, it was like a web page design competition, and lo and behold, I was one of the finalists. Wow! I think I was the only student. I could be wrong again. Oh, you're still a student. When I was still a student. Oh, yeah. So I entered wow. this competition, and then I didn't win, but I was in the I think top ten or something. So they showed my page. Wow! I got invited to the the dinner or something. So I was there. I thought, okay, I want to do this. This is fun. This is something I'm really interested in. And I think I can be good at it. And so that's how kind of my introduction into technology started. And then the hustle came later. So when I taught myself how to do web pages, I don't know, I think through forums or whatever, I was able to get some gigs. Like somebody in, I forgot his name now, but like some British guy hired me to kind of develop his webpage for him. And that's kind of how it started. Basically, I got some gigs online and then I eventually interned 
for well my classmates were interning for audit firms and accounting firms i interned for a multimedia company that was developing cd roms so really old <laughs> school CDs and yes all that. yes uh-huh. so that's wow. kind of how i got introduced to tech and and thought okay this is really cool and i learned how to you know learn to use photoshop and mm. 3d studio map through my internship there and then yeah just really got hooked into technology and then and then fast forwarding a little bit so i still finished my college degree yeah. took the board thankfully passed the board <laughs> again this is something that you're not good and at I'm not good at uh, <laughs> but anyway you know <laughs> since i was already there might as well go the whole nine yards right so right. i finished my course passed the board exam and then immediately looked for a company to work for that was either in you know creative like advertising or the internet okay in tech so this was like 2000 literally after y2k okay And so, luckily, so I applied to a lot of companies. They couldn't make sense of my resume because it says you're an accountant, <laughs> and um, you're applying for an ad agency or it was a tech company like an ISP. So, yeah. Anyway, there was one company who took a chance on me, and they hired me as a web designer. So that was my first job. Wow. I was a web designer. That's amazing. I'll just do a shout out real quick to one of our prods here. He's actually a civil engineer uh, in in podcast network Asia. His name is Jet. He passed also. Maybe he's, that's something that he doesn't really like. But now he's one of our lead producers doing podcasts. So I don't know how that meshes between. Yeah, you never know. You never know what will happen. Civil engineering. Maybe he's engineering our shows. But again, yeah. shout out to him. He's doing an amazing job. It's very similar. But I want to understand something deeper before we fast forward to a lot of these things that you did. Skill stat. Right? So obviously, you have the uncanny ability to learn something from scratch. Without resources readily available for you, so that's with literally reverse engineering everything. So that's rare, right? But what are the other things you learned through your career that basically aided your thirst for knowledge, especially in the realm of tech, right? Because okay, you already had the logical background. You said you're bad at math, but you finished the whole accounting and you're a you're a CPA. So there's already a solid foundation there. But what did you do more? And acquire more over the next. We won't have the time to go through every single stop. But what are the foundational ones that you allocate, say, or attribute a skill that you've learned, and what company did you learn it from? Sure. So I learned a lot from my first job. So again, I was hired as a web designer. This was for a dot com. So back then they didn't call it startups; they called it dot com. Yeah. So learned a lot of valuable skills there, and shout out to my bosses there for taking a chance in me. So, but eventually I got promoted to be a like a team leader, and so I managed a group of web designers, web developers. But ultimately, I learned more from after that company collapsed, because again, this oh, was it collapsed. It collapsed. So it What was happened? a it was a dot com. So around two thousand one, happened. Oh God! And then the dot com crash at the same time happened. So anyway, long story short. Funding dried up and all that. So, essentially, the the employees there. So we were a group of friends, and we said, okay. So we had a very good relationship. We were working very well together. So why don't we form our own company? Mm. Let's set up our own company as a group of friends, and let's form a services company. So it's kind of like an agency. We would do web development, custom software, whatever. Is this IT group? And this no, this is ecom site, ecom site solution. So okay, this was like very very early. So at the time, so talking about OGs, there were companies who were. This was like uh, the early days of the web. 
there were companies like Asia. I don't know if people remember this. There was a company called Asia Online, mm-hmm. Slingshot Interactive, Latitude Web. These were like well-known web development, you know, tech services companies. And then around that time, Blast Asia, like Arup, uh, yeah. shout out to Arup. Shout out. So these these were the kinds of companies that were being formed there. These were mostly services companies. This was also around the time the outsourcing was a big thing. Yeah. So these a lot up of these now, com- technically up, yeah, mm-hmm. up to now, but these companies were trying to market to the to the US market. So that's what we were trying to do. We we're setting up a services company trying to get clients in the US but also here in the Philippines. And because of that experience, and we were like a you know, bootstrap you know, very lean company. We had some angel, a little bit of angel investment, mm. but you know, we had to, you know, learn a lot. We had so I would do everything from selling, selling in the day, then at night would develop the websites and do some coding a little bit, and then in the morning would go and collect the money, and then in the afternoon clean the office. So you had <laughs> to do a little bit of everything when you're running a business. So those were crazy days. So we we would you know eventually there were seven of us who started. It went down to three, and then you know, for various reasons, people had to move on, go abroad, get married, whatever, get other job. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so continued that for a couple of years. But it was fairly, you know, it was fairly. I learned a lot from that. We had some success, like we were able to win a couple of big clients, and then we won a couple of. At the time, there was something called the Philippine Web Design Awards. Webbies. Webbies. There yep. you go. So we won a couple of those. So nice. we got some, I know, we got some, I know, some, some success. That's so, amazing. So that was good. But what was, again, two things that I want to know before we took your first break. What were the lessons that you then learned out of this, this stint, again, building off of your foundational skill stack? And what was the end as an entrepreneur? Because at the end of the day, you did this for five years in one month. Yeah. Right? That's an eternity in business. Yes. Right? That's technically 2x or 3x. That you, in business years, that's how much you've aged because of that. Because it always accelerates your growth in good and bad ways. But what were those things you learned and built on top of and that stint? And describe to me what happened towards the end. Yeah. So I learned a lot. So one was how to manage people. You know, I didn't. No, I know. I you know, we went into it very young. I was 21, 22. And then back then there weren't like these startup frameworks or nope. best practices. You know, back then lean startup wasn't written yet. Right? Trial and error, man. <laughs> for, for so it was literally trial and error and a lot of error. Yep. So one of the key things I learned was how to manage people and how to relate to people. I had this like one of the like big things I learned was like you know there was this saying that especially in local Pinoy companies that we're a family, you know it's all that, and then it's not. We're a team, and a team, in many ways, you have to keep the performance of the team. And unfortunately, if the team is not performing well, you have to cut some people, right? And that's not what a family does. So that was a big learning, and I had to learn that you know many times, uh, you know, the hard way. Yep. Another lesson was like, of course, managing a business is, you know, managing your finances, managing your cash flow. Like in a business, of course, and this is like cliche, right? But your cash flow is the blood of the business. Mm. And if you're not able to manage that, well, well, you know. You did. Game over. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But one of the also very important things is like managing customers, being able to under promise and over deliver, going beyond expectations of your customer and making them happy, making them smile. Because a lot of times your business, it, grows by reputation, by word of mouth. Yep. If you have happy customers, they will refer, hopefully they organically. will refer, or they will grow organically. Yep. So these, I mean, these are like very basic, you know, on hindsight, very basic 
foundational things. But at the time, again, there was no framework. When you're in the trenches, you don't realize this. And right. it only happens, again, hindsight 2020. Correct. But again, how did it end? Well, long story short, we, you know, it was it was hard business. There were several triggering things. One is the, you know, there were three of us left. And then for various reasons, we wanted to go our separate ways. And so I was the only one left that... How young were you when when this happened? Oh my God, uh, maybe twenty five, twenty six, oh, twenty seven, somewhere around there. You still don't even know yourself that. I, I don't yet. even know. Yeah, exactly. Very, we're still very mature. We, we're, you know, we don't know shit. Yep. <laughs> and there were other things like it was very. Parang uh, commoditized na yung web development, web yep. design. You know, and then also services business is very hard to scale. But I quickly realized. So at that time, also, pala, this was around two thousand four or something around there. I enrolled in the AIM Masters of Entrepreneurship Program, mm. which was super helpful. Okay. And one of the things that after taking that course, one of the things I realized was this is a very hard to scale business because you're very dependent on your people. Like if you have a services business, unlike let's say like, like modern startups today, you can only grow as fast as how fast you can grow your people. And my realization there was this is going to be very hard to scale up. And this is in many ways, I don't know if this is worth it. Like I'm relatively young and it, do I want to do this for another 10 years to get to a point where I can comfortably sustain a family? Anyway, long story short, I thought, okay, maybe I need to reconsider what, what I should do. And then what happened was around that time, I had a friend who also managed a similar, slightly bigger services business. They were more focused on like systems integration, like doing like ERP and stuff like that. And he wanted to kind of merge my business with his so that they can have a, a side of their business that does more, nowadays we call it digital, but more like on the website, yeah. you know. So, and they were doing like very traditional like client server stuff and stuff like that. Yep. So that was IT Group. So we he essentially acquired the business, the customers and the talent. And then that's why I joined IT Group. And you stayed on. And I stayed on. For three years. Again, and that, and shout out to Chris. Uh, he's a good friend. Chris, the CEO. Who? Chris Chris Gamboa. Chris Gamboa. And, so and I, I went through the same process when we got acquired in Chatbot PH. You have to stay on because you're not just like, okay, I'm selling you something. It's yours now. Bye. No, it's not like that, right? You're going to have to live through. But with that epiphany that you've had while you're doing that studies, was your mind already venturing to what do you want to do next? Because somehow, some way, in Chatbot PH, after the high was done, there was just sense of like, it's not mine anymore. My heart's not here. My mind's trying, but my heart's not there. And my heart's looking for that next adventure. But did you go through the same thing? Yeah, I did. We went through the same thing. So IT Group is still around, has grown to a bigger company, very successful company. But at the time, this was around maybe... 2007 to 2010. I mean, we were growing the business. It was doing well, but I thought, okay. Do, do there's I, that itch now. There's that itch to either do something else or, because I've been doing this since what, 2001 and it was already around 2009, 2010. Right. But I wanted to do something different. And parang, it, it's also a very stressful business, like yeah. a services <laughs> business. Wait, quick segue. Back then, do people still don't pay on time? Oh yes, oh. absolutely. <laughs> So, yun, that, that was it's that a generational bullshit. Yes. Right? Until yes. now, you know, right. big fish shits on the little fish. Yes. And it's a domino effect. 
Yeah. And the big client that owes you millions and millions and millions of pesos is 60, 90, sometimes one year delayed, yes. you are effed. Very much. Yes, that is oh that it adds to the stress. So much accounts receivable. Correct. Puro accounts receivable and then you would have to... Abono. You would abono oh or you God. would talk to family. Oy, pautang naman kasi wala kaming pang sweldo. So that added to, that adds to the stress. <sighs> <laughs> but to be fair, at that time, we were kind of beyond that already. But the stress was more like, you know, parang the more you grow your services business, it's like the more you're adding to your bosses. Parang the whole point of entrepreneurship, at least the myth was, so you can manage your own time, you can be independent, you be, you're being your own boss. But the reality, especially in a services business, you're just having a lot more bosses than the normal yep. usual. I will always simplify it as this, guys, before we take our last break. It's like whack-a-mole. You know, in the, the game in the arcade? Yes. Okay, so if you're those people who don't know what whack-a-mole is. So it's that game in the arcade where you have a hammer and there's moles or things that pop out of these holes and you're going to have to whack them one by one. As you scale your business, before you're only trying to whack three moles. Now there's 75 of them. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes all these moles are just popping up like, what the hell is going on? I understand. I resonate. But it's the nature of the beast. Yes. So here's the thing. Last parting word before we take our first break. If you are a business or a entrepreneur right now and you want, I want a nomadic lifestyle. I want work-life balance. I want to work for me and people to work for me. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. I've had so many entrepreneurs here. If you're stressed in the workplace, multiply that by a thousand. And that's what entrepreneurs that's go through. That's exactly it, yes. So that sorry. very true. If somewhere in your favorite social media channel, they thought you're going to be at the beach. Yeah. Bullshit, bro. <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> at, least, at least in the early days, bullshit. It's bullshit. It's no, a- first five years, throw that yeah. away. Yep. This is going to be your life. Yep. It's misery and more misery. Yes. <laughs> With sometimes yes. wins that offset every single Correct. bullshit that you go through. It's a roller coaster, literally a roller coaster. The highs are very high. Yeah. The lows can be very, very low. <laughs> you thought you hit rock bottom? Bro, there's a seventh level of hell that you can go to. Right. right, right. That's why us as Lolos, as Titos, yes. you eventually just realize that you should be even killed as you go. All right. Thanks, Jan. And again, we'll take our first break when we come back. We'll now talk about how you scratch that itch and how you trudge on despite all these challenges and tribulations that was handed to you. But let's talk about that more after the break. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Jan Pavilion, who was fighting back tears along with. Okay, so again, guys, uh, no bullshit, but there's something about startup life that, despite maybe we're just crazy fuckers like this, despite it being one of the worst jobs you can take from a mental, emotional, and psychological level. There's something about being in control of your own destiny that just makes it worth it at the end. You come back for more. Because when that wind comes through, oh my fucking God. Uh, it's just amazing. You hit the rock bottom. You had to like, all right, I'm done. Here's what I want to find out. What did you do next? Because what's interesting here, you went to the academe, you became a teacher in UP, but you also did corporate. I just want to put context into this because what hurts me the most because I came from that bucket. I'm a failure. My first startup failed. I did that for six years. So every single pain you just told me now, dude, I went through that at the same age range. My first startup failed at 27. I did that from 21 to 27. Lost everything. So it's like, bro, that's crushing. But it taught me so much. It gave me the cheat code of what to do. But what I did crazily, because I had nothing. It's like, you know, I might as well just try it. My second try, chatbot PH got acquired. So yeah, yay. Finally, I got a win. Got to buy my mom a house. That's all I ever wanted. You though, you took a buffer. You took the corporate route and taught. And again, circling back to what pains me the most. Guys, the ones that are going to be most equipped to succeed in a startup life are those people like us who's already failed before. So if you're one of my friends who've been a founder before, went through corporate, I hope you come back. Because dude, you guys are going to be well prepared for this. And again, this is what I want to talk about in your journey, Jan. So walk me through this. Walk me through the decision to like, hey, I want to do corporate muna. Lick my wounds. Because I, I remember one person particularly that I just met with again, had similar, Frederick Levy of Cash Cash Pinoy before. Entrepreneur, very successful, had an exit, failed, worked in GCash. Oh my God. And now he's, I, I, I'm not going to finish the sentence. Just watch out for Frederick Levy soon. But same thing. Eh? He had to lick his wounds. Well, how did that work for you? Yeah, so th there were several triggering things. One was I was a new father. Got married, so I, I, you know, daddy Janna. Yes, daddy Janna. So your perspective in life changes, and then my self identity, especially when you start off very young in entrepreneurship, parang yung self identity ko sobrang tied up with my business, which shouldn't be right. And ultimately, I had this realization that you go into business or you work 
to make a life, to make Correct. a life for yourself or it's your family. It's not you. It's not you. Correct. And so when I had that epiphany, it sounds very simple now, but at the time it was a big no, deal for me. No. Mm. So I said, okay, maybe I need to lick my wounds, refocus, focus on what I need and what my family needs right now, which is diapers, yeah, diapers, food Got on the us. table, uh, you know, things like that. <laughs> Education. Education and stuff like that. I also realized that I never had a mentoring. I learned through trial and error. And so now going back, parang reverse engineering stuff, but nobody really taught me how to run a business, how to do this or that. And so maybe it would be good to kind of learn, learn from a, a bigger organization, learn from people much more knowledgeable than me mm. and so on. And uh, luckily, there was this um, parang role for the first product manager in the Philippines for a company called NetSuite. So luckily enough, I was able to get into that role. And then I stayed in that company for the next eight years in a role which at the time was a very parang, at least for the Philippines, a very new role called product management, software product management. Okay. What were you guys building in NetSuite? Just for those people who don't understand what NetSuite is and how vital, <laughs> how big NetSuite and what they do with Oracle and getting that done. Right. So NetSuite, they were one of the early pioneers of cloud computing, specifically software as a service. Yes. So the founder of NetSuite and the founder of Salesforce actually both came from Oracle. So whereas Salesforce does cloud-based customer relationship management or CRM, okay. NetSuite does ERP or enterprise resource planning. So things like accounting, finance. I'm guessing they hired me because you know I had that weird background of being an accountant and also had a lot of experience in tech. And the fact that maybe I had a little bit of that entrepreneurship experience, I th think they thought that was useful, especially for a pioneer role. So anyway, long story short, got into that role. And yeah, my job at the time was to localize NetSuite for the Philippines. And then eventually the role expanded to cover Southeast Asia and then over time Asia and then eventually the rest of Asia Pacific, making sure NetSuite was usable for all the markets in Asia Pacific. Perfect. Again, you don't understand the scale and the importance of this, but... These guys are powering the biggest corporations, Fortune 500, Fortune 100, whatever you want to call it, that does this. So this is big corporate, big tech that we're talking about. But I want to understand the psyche behind. So you're now a father. Two things I want to find out. What are the things you now learned about yourself again in this journey? Because at the end of the day, that pain, I would imagine, being an entrepreneur already, you're being the top of the food chain in your own head, and now you're going to work for someone. That's humbling. Yes. How did you get over that? And number two, was the itch always there? Uh, has it always been there? And how did you start preparing to make that jump again? Yeah. In the early years, it was hard. It was hard in the sense that, like you said, when you're managing your own business, you get to call the shots, you get to determine how things are done. And it's a more freedom and more creative role when you're running a business. But in corporate, although at the time, it was not super large, like it was like a few thousand, not super large in the scheme of things, but still you get pigeonholed into a certain role, which is good. Good in the sense that you go very deep in one domain, right? So you become an expert. You become an expert and then you learn from the experts in that domain, right? So I reported to someone who had a lot of years of experience and then over the years learned from people who worked in the US and who met people like Mark Benioff and Larry Ellison or reported Ooh. to them. I would hear stories and then I would get these insights that you would simply not get had I continued to work here and work for myself, right? So lots of things like that. But at the same time, very limiting, but also very stable and dare I say easier, much more easier than running your own business. Because 
after 5 or 6 p.m., that's it. Baby time. Baby time, your brain shuts off, you watch uh, TV, and, you know, not like running your own business. You're thinking about your business like 24 by 7. But in corporate, for good or bad, you get to shut down. After you time out, clock out, that's it. As an entrepreneur, we bring that to bed. Yes, we bring that to bed. <laughs> we think like, oh, what, what am I grateful for? Fuck that. What else payroll tomorrow? Correct, right? correct, correct, correct. <laughs> what, what do I have to tell my guys again? I just, that's the shit that you carry. And first thing in the morning, he's like, oh, wait, what, what am I supposed to do? But I, I want to understand now, did you then start preparing now? Did your mind wander? Because you shut off at six or when you clock out. Were you starting to prep around like, ah, uh, that itch is still there. What am I supposed to do with this? The itch definitely didn't go away. For a time, like, parang all of a sudden, I realized I had a lot of free time. Parang all of a sudden, things were relatively very, very easy. And so that's why I went into teaching. Just to kind of fill my mind and make sure I learn new things. Because over time, after a while, it becomes repetitive. And once you reach a certain parang threshold, na you become an expert in that as well. Parang you realize, na, okay, I'm not learning anything new. So I thought maybe if I teach, I'll, I'll learn and expose myself to new things. But still, you know, the itch didn't go away. But during that time in corporate, one of the things that NetSuite did was it would sell and target scale-up businesses. So that was intellectually stimulating for me. And I think one of the reasons why I stayed a couple of years more, because I would visit, uh, like for example, I would visit the iFlix offices. So I would go to Malaysia or I would go to the US in Silicon Valley. I visited, for example, the office of Box. Uh, Box.net. Because they were a client. So one of our jobs as product managers was to visit clients, learn, understand, get inputs on how to improve the product. So we would interview people there. I went to visit the office of Atlassian in Sydney. What? That was super interesting. Although I tended to talk to the finance people, not the tech people. (laughs) Again, that's that's the accountant in you. Correct. (laughs) Why it was okay? Because I, I learned a lot of things, got a lot more perspective. And got some insight how they grew their business, how they scaled up their business. And then I was trying to be a sponge. Always learn, 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 learn. And always in the back of my mind, I'm going to do this again one day. And hopefully I'll be smarter and I'll do it better next time. That was always at the back of my mind. All right. So after that, what was the next step now to prep? Because after NetSuite, you worked with Judah. Was that the re-entry to Startup World? Yeah, in a way. So I did that for a short time. But that reintroduced Wait, me. Wait, did you work in Jupiter? Yes. I, I I wasn't there anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, my startup died in 2016. So yeah, and Jupiter, besides Sweet Ecstasy. Besides Sweet Ecstasy, very, yes. Very hard parking. Very hard, very hard parking, park. but worth it when you get parking. It's like, oh, yes, we were able to park. Yeah. Because you're competing with the auto deal guys. Right, right, exactly. The auto deal guys. But that kind of reintroduced me to the world of startups and that kind of made me realize that there's a lot of things I don't know anymore. Because I was in the tech startup or small tech space back in the time when PHP and .NET was, were still a thing. Yeah. And then when I rejoined and joined yeah. the startup. Totally different world. Totally different world. Like how things were done and all of these things like distributed architectures, API based, you know, you know, whatever, all that stuff I had to learn again. So I realized that, okay, I still have a lot to learn papala in this new startup world. But interesting enough, mm. after that went back to corporate again. Okay. So and you did what? DXC. DXC. Yeah. But this is in the middle of a pandemic though. <laughs> Slightly before the pandemic. You're just yeah, clairvoyant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you saw it. Okay. I guess the lessons I learned, yeah, there's many, many challenges in a startup. Maybe let's do corporate again. Mm. And then after the DXC, then uh, met the CEO of Smile. 
uh, Jerome, which I'll talk about later. But but kind of okay, realize okay, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, but see, there was some hesitation there. I can see it. Yeah, ah, worked with Salarium, did payroll. Yeah, and then you went corporate. Walk me through that process again, because I'm pretty sure. Again, a lot of my friends who are my contemporaries who are founders when we started out are in that same limbo where I know deep in their heart of hearts the itch is still there and I'm rooting for them. I want to help them out eventually when they're ready to take that jump. Was there a checklist of things that you wanted to tick off? And what was it with, I guess, Smile that said, you know what, let's do it 100%. Let's do it this time better than how I did it before. Yeah, there were certain things that I realized that had to be present before I'm going to do this again. One is the business has the potential to be a scalable business. So no more services. You wanted to do product-centric. Product-centric, also differentiated offering. Because I, I also, for a time also, through friends, uh, mm-hmm. through I also advised some other startups. So I had like gigs or like consult for other startups. Mm. And some of the typical challenges was if your idea wasn't like a me too idea or pan red ocean, like yeah. there's lots of competition, no clear differentiation. If there's nothing like a 10x better about your offering, it's very hard yeah. to grow your business. You're going to be stuck in the middle. You're going to be stuck like in the middle. Else. It'll be the whole thing all over again, parang walking dead. Yes. You're not, you're not, you're not growing. <laughs> worse if you're not generating cash. That's worse. Yeah. That was one thing. The other was you had to have um, parang good people on board, like uh, complementary skills. And this is cliche, like you, you have a good team. But in a startup, the reality is you really can't attract the best people. I mean, people talk about like, get the best people you can. But in a startup, you don't have money. How can you get these really, you know, very smart, very Chicken expensive people, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have to develop them. You have to develop when them. When they're diamonds in the rough. Correct. Mm-hmm. But also, more importantly, they have to work well together. Even though they're not, I guess, not yet diamonds, but if they gel well together and they can be effective as a team, Captain that compensates for up. a lot. Yes, <laughs> Captain, yes, there you go. That's a good Sorry, analogy. That, you get it. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. So that's kind of where the magic happens as well. If you have a great team and they work well together, even if they're not the best in their particular area, but if, you know, Captain Planet will come out and that compensates for a lot of things. Correct. Now, at this point, I want to understand from Smile. Okay. What was the compelling pitch? What was it that Smile had when you met your co-founder and CEO? That said, shit, this is it. Let's just jump in and describe to me that product or the vision that you're trying to build. Right. One is the the problem we were trying to solve was really something very, very well needed. Mm. And nobody was solving it very well. Which is? We started off with the idea of helping solve financial inclusion. But to be very, very specific, there's a lot of Filipinos na naghihirap, right? Naghihirap sila. The reason they have a hard time is because they do not have equal opportunity to things like something as basic as financial services, like credit. Credit is a very integral thing to develop society, right? Because if you have credit, you can get a good education, you can start a business, kahit na sari-sari store. And businesses or banks will lend you money. And businesses, yes, will lend you money. And unfortunately, here in the Philippines, hindi level yung playing field eh. Because? One of the reasons is the fact that people do not have something as simple as a bank account. This is super simple. Huh? And that contributes to the problem, right? If they do not have a bank account, do not, do not have access to financial services, parang 
they have difficulty then getting access to credit because they have no credit history. So parang ano eh, the odds are stacked against them further. And so and you'll need this down the road. I didn't do a good job with my credit. Barely passed where I convinced banks to technically lend me money. But as a youngin, and this is what I give props to my mom because she didn't have make enough. But for some reason, she was always able to pay on time, even bare minimum. But she had great credits. Even till now, she's well-retired. Banks will call her to lend her money. Force her to, mom, please borrow money from us. And I never understood this. And now I'm a 34, 35-year-old. I'm like, shit, I should have taken care of that credit. Because that's my reputation with banks. Yes, that's your and reputation banks, with banks. Their, their business model is to collect money from you in savings. And they need to lend money to be able to earn interest so that they can roll those profits over and over again. Right. If you Correct. have bad credit, who's going to fucking lend you money? All right. It's basically the basis of the bank. It's like in layman's turn. If we were friends, Jan is like, hey, pautang 100. And I never paid on time. I'll say, I'll pay you tomorrow. Mm. And I didn't pay you 100. Right. Then your our shit's going to be burned. Right. That's right. the same thing with banks and their basis is going to be how you're able to pay back those loans. Are you paying your credit cards on time? Right. And, and all these things. But here's the problem. Mm. For most Filipinos, they don't even have a bank account, much less a credit card. So there's no basis. There's no basis. Mm-hmm. So that's the foundational problem we have. And for banks, I know the cost to serve somebody can be very high. Yeah. But they don't want to, you know, if somebody is borrowing, especially low-income groups, they would borrow something like 5,000, 10,000 pesos. But for a bank, it, sometimes it costs much higher to process that loan application. Yeah. So it doesn't make economic sense. So therefore, many Filipinos have to resort to informal lending, mga 5-6. Five, six. Five, six. So loan sharks. Loan sharks. So anyway, the idea we had was okay. A lot of people don't have a bank account, and they can live without a bank account. But they people cannot live without a job, right? Mm. So people need employment, have employment, and is there a way to use that information and leverage that information to get access to financial services? Where do you get that info, though? So people actually have access to that information already when from their employer. Number one. Okay. So their employer would probably have an HR system. And so that information is there. It has their things like as basic as identity, then maybe your employment history in one file, and then their income. And then you also have that from, let's say, from the government, from the BIR, BIR, SSS, things like that. So you have all of that information. And then you have like you have it in your like documents, like your tax document or payslip. Okay. So you have all of that information. And right now, so Companies would collect that information from you in a very, very inefficient, very expensive way. How? So they would, for example, when you apply for a loan, they would ask you to submit a long form and submit a bunch of documents. Typically, especially for some like a mortgage, yep. they buy a very thick document of all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And this is what I was saying earlier. You will need this as you go farther in life. Yes. Right? Because at the end of the day, like, you know, you're there will come a time where you're going to have to loan for a car. Yes. You're going to loan for a house. Yes. You're going to loan for, I don't know, educational plan. Run, or when you're really in a bind and you need to loan money, a significant amount, say 500K to a million pesos. Right. That credit is the bank's only basis to see, hey, are you going to pay me or this is going to be bad debt and I'm going to write this off? Yes. Right? And that's going to be the basis. And that's what's hard to collect that you guys are solving. Yes. Now, how do you bridge that gap? Right. So, essentially, what we do is we allow people to kind of share that very easily digitally. So, 
a lot of that information, instead of them having to print it out and so on, a lot of that information is already in in systems that are unfortunately parang siloed systems. They're not connected with anything else. Correct. So we, we built infrastructure, we built a system where with the person's consent, we can automatically collect that information and then maybe just reformat it a little bit like in technical terms, we aggregate and normalize the data so it becomes easier to digest. And then we then put it in a format that can be accessed by our clients, which are typically like banks or lending companies via via digital way, via an API. Which is an API for those people who don't understand what an API, it's not a P. You're not being a P, okay? You're not being <laughs> taken advantage. Right. What is an API and what does it do? So an API is basically a way for different systems to talk to one another. Correct. Technology is, all of them are built differently. And if you yes. don't have an API that connects, it's like your USB connector. Correct. You know, you have a Samsung and an iPhone. You can connect them if you had a cable that actually works for both. Yes. That's sort of like what APIs do. Correct, correct. And, Absolutely. Okay, now I'll just go back to my OG question before we went on tangent a little bit real there. What did Smile API's vision was in terms of that vision and your co-founder's vision make it so compelling for you to make that jump again? Sure. So one is this is a problem that needed to be solved, right? And number two, this is something that has a social benefit, which made it all the more attractive. Like this is not just about making money, although that, that would be <laughs> of good. Course. Of course. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also had a parang social benefit. And that to me was very appealing. And nobody was doing it yet. Nobody was really doing it, at least the way that we wanted to do it. And so with that idea, I said, okay, this kind of ticks all the box. And also at the time, so the team we were forming was also like one of the things that made me parang join was the team that we were forming was like really a top-notch team. Describe to me how that team looks like. So it's a, it's an international team. Okay. So the founding team are of different nationalities. Okay. What's their backgrounds? So I, I'm the Filipino and, and uh, our CTO is a Chinese national. Our CEO is actually a German national. Okay. What was their backgrounds prior to doing a Smile API? So our CTO was, you know, very much a tech guy, very, very deep in tech, like a, you know, cloud architect has built and designed systems for very, very large companies and so on. And our CEO, C. Jerome, he had a background in consulting from BCG. Mm. So understands businesses. Understands business and then has worked with banks, consulted for banks. So I understood the problems of the industry, the financial services industry. I had more of the, I guess I had more of that international experience, understood Asia, having worked with many clients across Asia. And you've seen systems across the board. Yes, yes. So, right? that, so that was, I think, valuable. Had seen various systems. And then, especially because we wanted to start with the Philippines first, I understood deeply the Philippine market being a local. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason was, why I ask is because it looks like you guys have a really good founder market fit. Your CEO is a BCG guy, this guy who understands businesses top-down, seen business models. You understand businesses from, again, accounting point of view, from a financial, it's your secret accountant, not there. But in the end, you also understand the product and how systems work. And of course, your tech guy is there. Solid, yeah. solid team. Yeah. And now I understand why you guys are doing such a great job. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, we will now talk about how you then built the team, how you built the product, and how you scaled over these next few months. And what's next? Or Smile API. No, Smile API. We'll talk about that more after the break. 
Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey, hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTime deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn Earn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers. I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. 
Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. We're back in the break. We are still with Jan Pavilion again of Smile API. So now we understood. I love how we dissected and did a deep dive on every single process that led to, to here. But when you said, all right, I like this team. I like the vision. I understand the problem very well. And you know you can solve it. What was the next steps that you guys had to do? Because this was done pretty recently. Based on your LinkedIn, this April 2021, this yeah. is less than two, I mean, more or less two years ago. Yes. Right? Yeah. What was the things that you had to build and how did you build it fast and generate traction? So one of the one of the good things that I guess we were lucky, we were able to get, and again, kudos to our founder, CEO, C. Jerome. He was able to, get us some seed capital early nice. on, which allowed us to kind of bring a team together very quickly. Okay. And so we were fortunate enough to have some runway to be able to get really experienced team members right away from the get-go, from the start. Okay. And so the first order was, of course, we spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people who understood the market, okay. prospective customers, lenders, etc. And then very quickly, once we thought, okay, I think we understand the problem well enough. And then we started building we started building the product and then we did it in such a way na, you know, a very agile way. So in other words, very iterative. We would develop something very small, show it to somebody, show it to a prospective customer, see if they liked it, get feedback, and then course correct. Got it. And then iterate some more and then build something, show it again, etc. Until we were able to reach a point to sign up at least one or two customers, very early adapter customers, very small customers, but at least they were willing to pay and then they were they were willing to give us more importantly give us valuable feedback right and yeah. validation as well that hey yeah. this uh this product is better really suited to sprout out of the philippines yes that's okay. correct what were the challenges you had to overcome yeah the, well the challenges adami oh, pero <laughs> <laughs> sorry am i going to make you emotional again right right right, right. <laughs> no but one challenge was you know, like we had a uh, you know, so the way Merong saying the Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yep. So we you know, we were coming into it like with a very, I would say, preconceived notions on how this product should work and yep. for who to build it for. And then when we got the feedback, oh no, actually what you're doing is well, long story short, parang that's not good enough. It doesn't fit what we need. And therefore we had to pivot quickly away from that idea and then kind of rethink and refocus and move to a different direction. Mm. I'll kind of share more specific. So one of the first ideas we had was, okay, let's focus on gig workers. Because uh, Freelancers. We freelancers, because we thought na, okay, baka this product would benefit first the freelancers because they're underbanked, they don't have access to financial services because they have stable income. Yeah. And if you could provide information that they actually, many of them do actually, and many times earn more than somebody who's working full-time. But there's just no BIR, Correct. All these things. There's that, no, that, yeah. that will be the basis of your credit. Correct, correct, correct. But actually what we realized was, okay, that's good. Like a lot of our parang clients would tell us, oh, that's good to start with. But actually they represent a very, very small segment of the market. Yes. 
And, you know, I mean, sure, they're underbanked, underserved, but in our business, coverage is more important. We want to cater to as many people as possible. Yeah, not and a you're going to have to acquire them one by one. Correct. Yeah. Whereas if you went corporate, you could go to a 50-head company, 100 packs, 100 whatever. Easily, your supply is there right away. Yeah. And now you can bridge that gap with the API. Now it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So anyway, we had to pivot from that and kind of, okay, maybe let's focus on the employed. And so that's just one. That's just one of many other okay. validations that we had to learn. But how did you see the traction pick up? Because yeah. you, you're not going to get here if you didn't get it right pretty early. Yeah. So we were lucky enough to win a couple of parang lending clients nice. who were super helpful and also had like already a significant traction in the Philippines. So the nice things about our business model, like an API-first business model, is our growth is not really dependent on our own efforts. It's not like a SaaS product where we have to market the hell out of it, acquire users, acquire customers. not like that. You're plugged in eh. You're plugged in. Yeah, we're just a component of somebody else's app. Correct. And if their app or product grows, we grow along with them. Yes. And so that was uh, like the beauty of our business model. So as these early adopter clients grew, we grew along with them. Nice. So that's kind of how we, you know, I guess that's how we got early traction and we got early validation and so on. But in, in terms of like that growth, the downside of that is if they did not grow, you're stuck with them too. How did the product really, or how did Smile API really boost that growth? Because now you have all this information in the palm of their hands that we could have... Man, good luck trying to source this out if you guys didn't exist. Were you guys the big catalyst to really bridge that gap? Now that they have access to this data that did not exist before, was it such an easier process for them to lend because you guys bridged that? Yes, yes, absolutely. So so we had, a, and I can state their name because they gave us permission. Let's go. So companies called Mokasa, Mokasa Lending. So they gave us parang a lot of insights about which data is valuable, which one is not. Which ones are, you know, provide a lot of insights for them to make good credit decisions. And they shared with us, because of you guys, we were able to significantly cut yung, our non-performing loans. So for those not in the industry, the ratio bad of debts. bad debts. Yes. Yeah, those go. people who want two, three. Yes. Technically. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't pay you. <laughs> right. In a layman's turn, that's when you burn. That's where you FO and you burn your bridge. Right. You got a friend on Facebook. You post a cryptic message on your story, bayad naman, bakayan naman, magbayad. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> those, those things. But, and again, companies do that too. But again, they do it scientifically. All right, Jan, let's just wrap it up a little bit. I want to understand a couple of things. After this, what was the significant boost that you got? Because you recently got accelerators. Walk me through the next big milestones that you guys got through. Right. So we joined accelerators. We joined Idea Space. That was super helpful. Why? We got to introduce to a lot of you know mentors who gave us better insights about the market, okay. who to work with. Also, the experience was great because we learned from fellow startup founders. And a lot of them, like Gian. Shout out. Of Aya, right? So my a lot of them very competitor. Well. There you go. <laughs> right, right. Who's also stuck in the AR game because the chatbot game is an AR game. Yeah. It's it's no matter how you put it, even if you productize, nobody just fucking pays on time. Right. Ouch. <laughs> so that was that was super helpful. That gives us better insight about the market. And then now it's all about uh, no, trying to work with and trying to win more customers. A lot of them is just going through the regulatory requirements because a lot of them are in regulated industries like banks. 
So a lot of that is just making sure we comply with, you know, we're audited, we, we get go through security reviews and all of that. But ultimately, what we want to do is, again, the vision is to be the one trusted source for employment data in Asia. So go. not just the Philippines, but to expand across all of Asia. So starting with neighboring markets in Southeast Asia, but ultimately other countries in Asia as well. That's amazing. All right. Now, last question before we wrap this baby up, because we have a hard stop, unfortunately. I love your story. Very much amazing. But if, you're, if I'm going to lend you the time machine again, and you're going to talk to yourself specifically on that date when you said that, all right, let's wrap this baby up with IT group. Basically the extension of what you did in e-com site, right? Before you even took that jump to go to NetSuite and the academe, what would be your advice for yourself? So if I were to go back and give myself advice, well, I would just say, you know, don't regret the journey, right? So one of the things I would say to myself, because at the time, parang I was kind of questioning the journey, kind of why did I do this? Why did I subject myself to so much pain? Yeah. But on hindsight, I would tell myself, you know, all of that was super valuable, super valuable. It's part of your growth, part of, you know, journey. Sometimes the journey is not so obvious. Sometimes it kind of parang zigs and zags and you don't know where it's going. But in the end, everything contributes at its own time will contribute to your growth. And yeah, just learn and do the best, make the best out of every situation. That is so amazing. Thank you very much, Jan, for such an amazing episode. I wish we had more time, but I know you got to hustle too. But before I let you go, what's next? I know we're just starting at this journey. You guys did an amazing job. I'm pretty sure we're going to hear a lot about you in the next coming years and months. And we're going to be here for a long time, right? So I want to document this eventually when we catch up down the road. But what's next for you guys in Smile API? And if people want to reach out and work with you, where did they go and how did they do that? Yeah, so you know, visit us at getsmileapi.com, which is our website. Follow us on our social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, we're all there. If you're a fintech, we'd love to work with you. There's a lot of things you can do with employment and income data, which we provide. And yeah, I mean, we'll, if you and for other startup founders, happy to share and compare notes and share lessons with each other and help each other. So feel free to reach out and uh, hopefully we can work together. Again, thank you so much, Jan. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And again, if we did say some jargon, I think we did, especially in the ERP side and all that stuff, it's going to be in the show notes on HelloShare.com. And if you also want to be part of our community, you can join us on the premium community and have exclusive access when we record and to our secret playlists of, you know, people we've had here on the show. You can check it out on premium.hustleshare.com. Again, Jan, thank you very much. Thank you. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.